Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome everybody to this week's Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and today I'm joined by Record Sport writer Fraser Wilton and I'm delighted to say we're also joined by Benjamin McFadgen. Benjamin is a specialist writer on British Dortmund. He hosts his own podcast and also president of the London Fan Club for Borussia Dortmund. Of course, we'll be speaking to him ahead of this week's massive game in Germany, uh, Europa League uh, knockout round playoff first leg. Um, Benjamin, thanks first of all for joining us. How are you? Oh, thanks, Gavin. Good to speak with you. My mum's from Perth, so she'll be delighted to see me on the daily record. Oh, brilliant. And you, Fraser, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Gavin. Good to see you. Long time yeah. no see. Yeah, so Rangers go from Annan to Dortmund, Fraser. Quite a contrast. Just a bit. I know Galabank very well. Right. Unfortunately, I'm not too... Uh, I've never had the, the privilege of travelling to the Westfalen Stadion, which uh, I'm, I'm gutted to, right. to admit, actually. But one day, hopefully. But aye, um, poles apart, I think, it's right. fair to say. Both yellow and black, that's about as close as the as you get. You've been to Galabank, yes. Oh, yeah. I've been to Fries so far too many times. More, more times yeah. I care to remember. What a, oh, what a great connection we've got here then. So we've got a man from Dumfries and a Dortmund specialist. What more could you want? What more could you want? Benjamin, uh, well, thanks for joining us, first of all. Um, obviously, we're looking ahead to the game on Thursday, the first leg. First of all, sadly, only a small number of fans. I think only 500 travelling Rangers fans for a start, which is a shame that they're going to miss out because they've been such a... I mean, as well as their rich history, you know, Champions League winners, they're so famous for the atmosphere, um, the yellow wall and all that. Um, sad that there'll be such a limited capacity. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, this has always been a very popular tie between the two great uh, clubs of European football. And um, we've had a lot of inquiries for tickets for the game. And there's a lot of people from Scotland who want to travel over. But um yeah, I mean, um, you'd be surprised how much of an atmosphere um, uh, you can get with just a few thousand fans in the Westfalen Stadion in Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have been there recently, haven't you? You were saying, um, so j- just explain a bit more about yourself, Benjamin. You you, you are the president of the London-based supporters club, um, but you live in Dortmund, is that correct? Or you live near Dortmund? Yeah. How, how did you come to support Borussia Dortmund and when did you start getting involved with the supporters club? Yeah, um, I started the uh, Borussia Dortmund fan club um, in 2013 and um, so I've been running it for nine years basically. Um, and uh, basically my stepfather Erhardt was from Dortmund um, and um, essentially um just as kind of a tribute to him, I started the fan club a few years ago when he died um, and we just wanted to um, keep the spirit of Dortmund going and have been involved with uh, 
running lots and lots of events, including a Legends match in Sheffield a couple of years ago when the Dortmund Legends team came over with former stars and so on. And um, yeah, basically I'm based at Osnabrück University where I'm doing a, a PhD between here and University of East Anglia in England. Um, I'm translating a book about German football, um, basically. So, yeah, essentially, uh, I have a huge interest in Dortmund and write articles about them. I have the, the Borussia Dortmund London Fan Club podcast where we interview former players, uh, former managers, people like um, uh, Philip Dagen, who played for Liverpool, uh, Christoph Zimmermann, current player, centre-back at Norwich City, have been on recently, Bert van Marwijk. Um, the former Dortmund and current United Arab Emirates coach, just to name some of the 44 guests we've had in the last couple of years on the show. Yeah, and obviously there have been some Dortmund, uh, ex-Dortmund players who have featured, uh, who have played for Rangers, obviously Stefan Kloss, one of the club's greatest ever goalkeepers, and um, Christian Nerlinger, uh, another ex-Dortmund uh, player. Any of these guys that you've, interviewed or spoken to recently ahead of this game or over the years? Um, <clears throat> just this morning I spoke to Dortmund's former goalkeeper Horst Bertram who was uh, on the bench uh, in nineteen in the 1982 fixture which of course Rangers got away with. It was a 2-0 win at uh, Ibrox and 0-0 in Dortmund um, and uh, we're planning on doing a podcast later in the week. I spoke also to Marcel Raducanu, uh, the former <clears throat> midfielder, 26-time um, uh, Romania international, um, and he was also in, in that team. Um, we contacted Christian Nerlinger, but haven't heard from him. He, of course, had quite a high profile in Germany because he was the former sporting director of Bayern Munich. Um, Stoffel, as they call him, Thomas Klose, I've met quite a few times. I mean, he's absolute soul to the earth. He's a real Dortmund-born legend um, and, yeah, a legend of both Rangers and Borussia Dortmund, I would say. Yeah. See, the Dortmund game, you mentioned uh, 1982. Uh, again, that was a, a first-round tie. I'm just looking at it here. Uh, Rangers, yeah. Cooper and Johnson scored a 2-0 game. The, 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 the matches in more recent times that people talk about are well, certainly the last time was the UEFA Cup, I think, 1999, when Giovanni Van Bronckhorst actually uh, would have been a player, the Rangers manager, 2-0 Rangers at home, 2-0 away. Dortmund, as most German teams do, won in penalties. Uh, and then there was a Champions League game around about the time when Paul Gasly. Yeah, Gaza, what a legend. I mean, um, I'm half English and half Scottish, and I have to say that when it comes to rugby, I tend towards Scotland, but when it comes to football, I generally follow the three Lions. So I might make myself very unpopular saying that, but certainly Gaza is another legend who we all admire immensely, isn't it? Um, I mean, overall, overall historically, um, uh, Rangers have uh, done better in this, in this doubleheader. Um, I, you'll, you'll know the statistics, but I think Dortmund have only won three of the games. Four have been tied and the rest have all been won by Glasgow. I was going to mention that, actually, Benjamin. It's, uh, that's quite um, heartening for Rangers fans listening into this. Um, I'm sure they'll be aware of it anyway. Um, as have sort of this sort of inconsistency of Dortmund in, in recent weeks, would you, would you say that the claims that Dortmund are in crisis at the moment, are they very much over-exaggerated? Um, well, look, Borussia Dortmund have got a new manager as of this season, Marco Rosa, who came from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, he took Borussia Mönchengladbach to the uh, last 16 of the Champions League, a very unfancied side, um, and has previously been a successful player himself. Um, 
winning the second Bundesliga title with Hannover 96 and also winning um, two titles in the double with RB Salzburg. So Rose is a winner uh, as far as I'm concerned. I was writing an article about this yesterday. Um, but I think the problem is that he's essentially inherited a team from Lucien Favre, uh, and we had an interim coach, uh, Edin Terzic, um, who some may remember as being a co-trainer at um, uh, assistant manager at West Ham United, um, who took Dortmund to the 2021 DFB Pokal uh, win this season. So essentially, um, when you're Borussia Dortmund, the second most successful club in Germany uh, with eight titles, which sounds very little compared to, let's say, Glasgow Rangers, um, where, they dub, where you're obviously very high in the double digits. But um, the expectations of Borussia Dortmund fans are always absolutely massive. And if you look at the current table position, Borussia Dortmund are second in the league. Um, and they're only six points off Bayern Munich, which seems like a pretty slim lead. But the issue with Dortmund is that basically the club is very much in transition. Um, Nico Schulz, who was supposed to be their intended left back, who joined in 2019 from Hoffenheim, a Germany international, they paid 25 million for, which similar to Scotland, 25 million in Germany buys you a hell of a lot of footballer, basically. Um, and essentially the back line has been heavily affected by um, injuries. Uh, Matteo Morey had a very heavy injury uh, in last season's DFB Pokal semi-final against Holstein Kiel, uh, which he hasn't recovered from and isn't due back until the summer. Dan Axel Zagadou, um, who would normally play at right back, uh, who joined from PSG actually on a free two years ago. He's also uh, has showed quite poor form this season. Uh, and Mats Hummels, uh, obviously an absolutely legendary German international uh, who came from Bayern Munich, um, is his second stay at Borussia Dortmund. He basically uh, can be a little bit slow off the mark uh, at centre-back. So essentially what I'm saying is that um, Borussia Dortmund, um, including the new arrival, Marian Pongracic, who arrived on a loan from Varfel Bolzburg, um, is, is are essentially a little bit hobbled when it comes to the the back line, the defence, um, and teams putting too much pressure on the on the back line uh, basically will leave um, the outstanding goalkeeper Gregor Kobel, who joined from Five by Stuttgart, relatively exposed. That was basically the problem, in my opinion, why Roman Burki, uh, the three previous Swiss goalkeeper, was not really working out. It was less to do with Burki, but more to do with the fact that the defensive midfield and the back line are, are simply uh, in need of work. If you add to that the fact that Emre Chan has had to play left back a fair amount of times, you know, anyone who's watched Emre Chan over the years, whether at Juventus or Bayer Leverkusen or Borussia Dortmund, um, knows that he's basically a defensive midfielder. Um, the other issue with Dortmund, in my opinion, is that Thomas Delaney being sold earlier this year to uh, Sevilla has basically left a gap in defensive midfield alongside an ageing Axel Witzel, who's now 33, who basically... Um, is probably, and as much as really everyone loves Axel, um, he, you know, he's he's he, he's a, he's a little bit past it. So it's a team in transition. On the one side, you've got very very young talents like the outstanding Jude Bellingham, Gio Reyna, who are both under twenty, um, and obviously Erling Haaland, who's absolutely outstanding, world class striker. Um, but at the moment, they're having to do without Erling Haaland. And as I said before, in the, the mixture of the uh, 
of the situation in the back line and also the defensive midfield in particular um, leaves Dortmund relatively exposed to teams that play a high-pressure counter-attacking football, in my opinion. So it's going to be a, a fairly balanced fixture, I would say, over the two legs. It's interesting you should say that. I was just going to say, um, George Alberts is a columnist for our sister paper, The Sunday Mail, and I'll just read you the headline from his weekend column. This... Um, Jointed Dortmund give Rangers real hope, but Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and Co. must go on the attack. Um, he goes on to say um, that on their day they can beat anyone in the world. Big name, so many big names on paper or on the pitch, but on the pitch they're not a team. He said, um, "Would you agree with that, or is that harsh?" Well, you've certainly touched on the fact you can get at them which uh, backs up uh, the headline. What about it being disjointed and not being a team? Is that harsh or, or is there merit in that? No, I mean, Jörg Alberts is obviously himself a former uh, Rangers player and Germany international who watches the game here in Germany very carefully, like I do being here in, based in Germany. But um, obviously, you know, I defer to his uh, expertise, but... Uh, I, I would say that the problem, as I said before, is that essentially the team is fairly disjointed and unbalanced in terms of the uh, the, the, the players that are that are in the current squad. Marco Rosa hasn't been allowed to make his stamp on the team so far. Um, he's only been allowed to bring in two players, which was Corbel three Corbel uh, Marlin Daniel Marlin, who came from PSV um, Eindhoven, who's Holland's lead scorer, who's only scored. Um, three or four goals so far. He hasn't really made an impact on the team. And basically, without Haaland, Dortmund can look reasonably exposed in the attack. Um, and teams like Bayer Leverkusen, I watched the game, obviously, at the Dortmund uh, Signali Duna Park um, last Sunday, who put a lot of pressure on Dortmund, basically come up croppers. So essentially, if Rangers uh, approach this very robustly and try to attack... Um, they have to be careful of the counter-attack, but I would say that um, Dortmund in defence are reasonably vulnerable. And once I would like to, you know, whilst I would like to see BVB basically um, progressing through, I think it's going to be two very exciting games and I wouldn't rule out uh, Rangers putting in a good performance. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Haaland there, Benjamin. Let's get right to the crux of Borussia Dortmund. Um Mention the, the name Borussia Dortmund. That's the, the first player that springs to everyone's mind. I suppose by the time this podcast goes out, we might know whether they will be featuring. Well, I think today it said that the latest story came out today, Fraser's one today saying it's it looks as if he's going to miss out, isn't it? Suggestions he'll miss out, yes. yeah, but still not confirmed. Um, th- does that mean they expect him to return maybe for the Ibrox leg? Because he was very close, was he not, to, to coming back into the team? It's very difficult to say. Basically, uh, Erling Haaland is um, frantically working on a move. Uh, possibly, I couldn't say the name of the club, but um, you know, there's talk about Manchester City, Barcelona, and so on. And uh, um, it, it's very hard to say what's it, what exactly. Is. I mean, if Haaland is back at Ibrox, then basically, uh, I would say that Dortmund would stand a very good chance of going straight through. I, I couldn't really comment on the on the seriousness of his injuries, but the German newspapers are saying the same thing as what you're saying that basically um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's unknown basically when he could return. But he certainly wasn't available for the Union Berlin game um, and that didn't hinder um, Marco Royce picking up two goals up front. Remember that Dortmund has some very good offensive players 
um, including Marco Royce himself, but also, as I mentioned, um, an informed Marlon could make a difference. Um, and then there are, you know, basically a, a lot of the players, the forwards are able to score. Um, uh, Giovanni uh, Reina can score. Um, Jude Bellingham, of course, has scored half a dozen goals this season. He's an absolutely outstanding talent that Dortmund have been incredibly lucky to have. Um, and I think just about any Premier League club would love to take up, including Liverpool, which is the latest rumours. So I would say that um, it, it, it's likely that they're, they're going to play these ties without Erling Haaland, but it, it is possible he could be back for the for the Ibrox end. You see uh, Royce scored his 150th goal for Dortmund and then subsequently his 151st as well against uh, Berlin at the weekend. Uh, are you... What you're basically saying is they don't need Haaland to beat Rangers. Is that what you're saying, Benjamin? Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Um, what I would say is that with Haaland, they, um, Dortmund at the moment have a very heavy dependence on Haaland, um, a little bit like um, uh, perhaps they had under with Robert Lewandowski and less so with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang or Lucas Barrios. Um, the dependency on Haaland has been very, very um, extreme in the last, uh, in the last year. Um, and um, I think the prob problem the problem is that basically Yusuf Omokoku, who is a um, German Cameroonian who has been setting the youth scene on light, uh, absolutely alight, scoring literally, you know, 30, 40, 50 goals a season for the last five to six years and often playing in, in a higher category. So when he was 16, he was playing under, under 19s. When he was 17, he was playing in the under 23s and so on. Um, Yusuf, um, you know, the, the young man, he's got a one million million pound uh, advertising contract with Nike and he got that when he was only 16 years old so Mukoku is a player that there are massive expectations from for Borussia Dortmund and for him to step into Haaland's shoes but partly to do with injury and partly to do with just poor form um, Mukoku hasn't been able to step into his shoes Marlon hasn't been able to um, show the kind of form that he was showing at PSV Eindhoven where he picked up 20 goals last season um, and basically Dortmund having to rely somewhat on the second line of attack, I would say, players like Royce, Bellingham and so on. Um, the, the, key to, the key to the game, I think, is how much pressure Rangers are able to put on the midfield uh, and ultimately on the defence of Borussia Dortmund. How many members have you got, Benjamin, in your club? Uh, the fan club um, before the, before the pandemic or now um, before the pandemic we were about 200 members so that's a reasonably strong and Borussia Dortmund has nine fan clubs across the United Kingdom including one in Scotland yeah and are they all going up I mean are a lot of your members going to Ibrox um, I'm I'm aware that some of them are going to the Ibrox game yeah there's a fan club based in uh, based in uh, Glasgow as well, so, so they'll definitely be going. Um, I should say hi to Anton up there <laughs> while I'm at it. Yeah, but you're not getting over yourself, no? Uh, I actually just got back from London last week, um, but um, I've, got a, I've got a bit of work to do over here. I'm doing a PhD on German football, uh, which, uh, as you can imagine, doing a doctorate takes up quite a lot of your time, but um, I'd certainly love to make it over there. Um, I'd certainly love I mean Ibrox is obviously one of the great uh, football grounds of, of, of Britain for sure Benjamin what's the overall attitude then amongst the, the Dortmund support or the Dortmund camp towards Rangers I mean are they expecting to win this comfortably or is there a respect, a respect there for the Scottish champions I mean who do you think they're, they're wary of in this Rangers side because there's most definitely threats isn't there 
Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I, I would not say that um, Borussia Dortmund are taking anything um, lightly um, at the moment. Um, basically, people are aware that Rangers are the current champions. Giovanni van Bronckhorst is an, is an exceptional coach. Um, and he's also someone who knows the German scene very well. If I'm not mistaken, he was at Hamburg at one point over here in Germany. And being from Holland, he obviously knows the scene very, very, very well indeed. Um, the historical record basically shows that Rangers overall have done better in this tie. And I mean, um, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, this is a massive, massive, massive match. I mean, personally, I'd be looking, I'd be very curious to see how Kimar Roof does. He comes from um, Oxford United originally, which is my home team. Um, but you've also got some other really, really good players in the uh, in the current Rangers setup. Um, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you do. But I think overall, um, basically, it's, it's going to be a tricky tie. I mean, Aaron Ramsey is obviously a player that a lot of people admire, including over here in Germany, who's very well known over here. Um, and obviously, I, I mentioned Marcel Raducanu earlier, uh, who's Romanian uh, and played for Borussia Dortmund. He'll obviously be very interested to see how Yanis Hadji is doing, uh, which is which is uh, an interesting player that you've got there in the side. But I would not say by any stretch of the imagination that um, Dortmund are going to take it uh, complacently. They're going to play uh, with full focus and concentration. And um, you need to remember that Dortmund are uh, 70 million uh, euros in debt at the moment. This is a club that don't do debt, that have been out of debt since 2005, uh, when they almost went bankrupt, um, that have managed the football club very conservatively. They've dropped out of the Champions League. Um, they're having to play virtually behind closed doors this season. So money is extremely important to Borussia Dortmund. That's why they've only spent um, 25 million so far this season. And I would say that the the people who run the club, basically, uh, Zork, Vatska, Kramer and so on, will be, it'll be fingernail biting time. I mean, they will absolutely be committed to getting through to the next round. I mean, they pretty much have to. So... From a financial point of view, Dortmund have to get through, want to get through, and will be aiming to get through everything at, at, at getting through to the next round. I had to laugh when you said they only spent 25 million. You're talking to in Scottish football, that's a lot. That would be a lot of money in Scottish football terms, but I understand it's all uh, it's all relative. How did they get into that position? How did they, you say they're always well run? How did they allow themselves to get into that position? Was it chasing? Is chasing Champions League glory? Um, it's, I, I don't think it's so much that. Um, basically, um, Dortmund, as you know, uh, have the highest uh, gate of any football club in the world. They have an average gate of 81,000 and 83,000 capacity stadium, mm -hmm. uh, 55,000 season ticket holders. Um, mm -hmm. I know what it feels like to be on the waiting list because I've been on it for six years and I'm at uh, number 20,000 on the waiting list. So you can imagine how popular the season tickets are. Basically, um, unlike uh, the UK, um, very large amounts of uh, income is derived from ticket sales, essentially. And um, Borussia Dortmund um, having to play last this season and last season more or less behind closed doors has meant that there's been a massive amount of um, uh, money lost, revenue lost um, for ticket sales. Um, so essentially, you know, the club have managed to accumulate debt despite, in spite of being very, very conservative in terms of the uh, spending uh, in the past two seasons. 
Um, and um, no, it's an unexpected situation to be in. Um, I think some of the sponsors have been affected by it as well. Um, and basically, um, they've been working frantically to recover. But remember that Dortmund is, uh, Germany is reasonably far behind um, in terms of the pandemic cycle. Um, and we've still got a lot of measures um, which the Rangers fans need to be aware of. That, for example, you can't just go into bars and restaurants and hotels without having been boosted um uh, etc um so it's a very difficult different situation than it is the one in uh, in the united kingdom at the moment um and obviously uh the rangers fans need to be aware that um there's a lot of measures still to control covid in this country so dorman have had to deal basically with playing behind mostly playing behind closed doors for the last two seasons which has left a, a hole in their and in their income as hmm. it surprise you benjamin that They've been installed as the favourites at this point to go on and win the tournament because you're still looking at clubs. You've got Barcelona in there, Lyon, Sevilla, Napoli, even West Ham, RB Leipzig. Did it surprise you that Borussia Dortmund have been installed as favourites to go the whole hog? Well, I think Dortmund is a, is a quality side um, and when they've got uh, a full house, uh, you know, they've got the 12th man, that massive, massive support, a bit like at Ibrox, you know, that total loyalty that the fans show week in, week out. And then, of course, the ultras and the choreographies and the chants and so on. They just sing throughout the whole game. I mean, you know, it's a shame that the Rangers fans are not going to see the real deal. Um, they're only going to have 10,000 fans, but I can assure you there's going to be a great atmosphere. I think the fact that the Champions League has drawn a... Um, uh, Napoli against Barcelona basically means uh, it weakens the next round. Um, but I would see Dortmund being able to beat RB Leipzig on most days. They beat them in the DFB Pokal final um, uh, 5-1 uh, this season um, and um, in, in May, in fact. And uh, RB Leipzig are having a very average season. Um, and I would see... FC Sevilla, obviously, being the record Europa League holders, I think they've got six Europa League titles, which no one else has managed to even get, get close to. So I would say Dortmund could probably make it into the last four, but Rangers is going to be uh, a big step. And um, I wouldn't say Dortmund are favourites to win, but remember that this is the only title that Dortmund have never won. They've won the Champions League 1997 They've won the Cup Winners' Cup in Glasgow in 1966, where they beat Liverpool 2-1. Um, they were the first German team to win the European Cup, a European Cup. Um, and they've twice managed to miss out on the UEFA Cup, which is now the Europa League, basically, in um, 2003 and uh, in uh, 2003. And I think it was 1993, uh, where they both times, uh, sorry, in 2002, where they lost to final Rotterdam, uh, and the previous one was in uh, 93 when they lost to Juventus. Uh, so they're very keen to add the uh, UEFA Cup or Europa League to their um, to their uh, silverware. You, you mentioned uh, 10,000 will be in the ground on Thursday. How, how many of those will be in the, the famous Southern Terrace? Do, do you know? Yeah, the, the yellow wall, Zutribune. Um, yeah. uh, you could expect, uh, I would say, probably um, maybe something like 3,000, something like that. Um, and the club's uh, supporter liaison officers are picking uh, fans very carefully for that. Um, I was actually on the, um, I had to go in a director's box with um, Bert van Marwijk, the UEA um, national team coach uh, for the last game against Bayern Munich, against Bayern Leverkusen, simply because we couldn't get tickets for standing on the terrace. So, you know, that's a one-off for me. And uh, it was a great experience, especially as I'd interviewed Bert before. 
But, um, you know, at the end of the day, they'll be looking to make as much noise as possible. But, um, you know, Dortmund is a very noisy and raucous crowd at the best of times. So, you know, uh, whether it's 10,000 or 10,500, there's definitely going to be a big atmosphere at, at Dortmund on Thursday night. Yeah, he's a man that will know Giovanni Van Bronckhorst very well. That was quite a privilege for you as well. For me, yeah, it was an absolute privilege. Um, and uh, he certainly does from his Hamburg days. Uh, and uh, yeah, you've got a you've got a great coach. How's that working out for you, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst? Yeah. It was a bold a bold statement from the club after Stevie G. Yeah, I mean he started very very well. It was a seamless transition for many. It was uh, he was viewed because of the start he had. It was seen as being an upgrade on Stephen Gerrard um, because they had a stuttering start to the season, but. It kind of tailed off a bit in terms of performances, if not necessarily results. It had a few draws, and then losing, um, losing to Celtic three 0 and not just losing, but losing in the manner they did, um, was a huge calm down because they then lost top spot in the league. Uh, a few questions were asked of them then, um, but they have uh, bounced back from that. They came back. Uh, they played Hearts in the following game, one five nil, and they beat Hibs as well. So they have picked up. Um, they have picked up since then, uh, but this is going to be a big, a big test, you know, and a big night for them. Yeah, it's a huge test, I think. And of course, uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst and uh, Bert van Marwijk were together at Feyenoord Rotterdam, um, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. not at yeah. Hamburg, indeed. Yeah, and am I not right in saying that was he not the manager when they got to the World Cup final when Giovanni van Bronckhorst? Yeah, he was. He took. Um, he took them. He's, he's managed Saudi Arabia, uh, Australia, uh, United Arab Emirates twice, Hamburg, Dortmund, and he took yeah. uh, Netherlands to the 2010 World Cup final. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. Giovanni van Bronckhorst was captain for that match, uh, so captain for that time under uh, Van Marwijk. Yeah, and he had him at Feyenoord, so obviously a close relationship. Yeah, interesting. Well, listen, ben- Benjamin, thank you very much for joining us today. That was a great insight. We really appreciate that. And just for people listening, um, what is your podcast? Uh, how would people listen to your own British Dortmund podcast if we have people who are listeners who are German football fans? Yeah, please join us on the uh, Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find it um, uh, on on any of the big platforms: Anchor, yeah. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podbean. Uh, and you'll find uh, over forty episodes of interviews with former players, coaches, and um, and and just yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a good listen. So join us on the podcast, and good luck to the Joes. And, uh, yeah, may the best team win, as they say. Well, as your prediction on that note, Benjamin? Uh, my prediction is 2-0 uh, in Dortmund and 0-0 um, uh, in, uh, in, at Ibrox, which will be the exact reverse of uh, how it turned out in 1982. There you go. Well, ask a question, get an answer. Thanks very much for that. It's great, Benjamin. Thank you. And enjoy the game. Thanks, Fraser, too. No problem. Good to speak to you guys. Brilliant. Thank Thanks, Benjamin.